Hey guys, this is Brian Holleran. You may know me from obviously the Clerks movies, but you're listening to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. Nice. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Dueling Genre. Welcome to the Jane Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Mall Rats, one minute at a time. Today we are covering Minute 88, which is quite possibly the greatest Excelsior Minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And I'm Steve Lasta. Excellent, Steve. I'm glad you knew to introduce yourself since we didn't tell you to. Hey, nobody told you. It's good work by you. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying this. It's cold. He's yes. a professional podcaster. <laughs> well, thanks right. for having me, guys. No problem. We are starting with Minute 88, which begins with a fracas in the parking lot. And ends with the man. All right, Steve, we uh, we uh, we brought you on for the primo Stan Lee minutes. All right, well, I I, I am all about the Stan Lee, but I got to talk about this fracas first because it threw me off in a big way. Um, I hadn't watched the movie in I don't know how many years, and so you know, like a good consumer today, I paid my three ninety nine to Amazon.com Prime and um, watched the movie throughout the day. Then came back to the minutes that you guys sent me. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy attacking attacking him for in the parking lot? That didn't happen in the movie I just watched. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the uh, So in what the hell did you send me? I mean Brody yeah. suddenly gets nearly gets tackled and um, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's an extra I guess thirty what, thirty minutes, Chris, about? Yeah, it's about thirty. Um there's about fifteen, sixteen minutes up front and then the rest is just sprinkled through like this, where in the theatrical cut, the guy just gets punched out. <laughs> or he gets kind of backhanded by uh, T S. Yep. And they never see him again. And here he comes back after Brody for some reason. <laughs> is, is it explained at all in the prior minute? Or is it literally just like he just sort of shows up again? Oh, no. Well, in the prior minute, he says, hey, man, didn't I see you on CNN? Is that in the actual? Uh... No, I don't think so. In the theatrical cut, he comes up and he doesn't say, I saw you on CNN. I, I think he says, he says something else. They they um, overdub his line. He says, like, hey, weren't you going to propose to Brandy or something like that? Oh. They just overdub him with another line, and then T.S. punches him. That's still in the theatrical cut. Yeah, there's that's in there. But nothing about CNN that would have yeah, stood it's out Yeah, th- they overdub the line. They, they do that with a bunch of lines because it no longer matches the beginning of the movie. Right. But, well, Steve but there's hasn't no... seen the extended cut, Jeff. Well, he's a lucky man. <laughs> well, no, now I have to go see the, the extended cut, which I didn't really know existed before, um, before I saw you the don't... beginning of the clip. You don't need to watch the extended cut. You can just if you go on YouTube and just look for the original opening, you're probably okay. good there. You don't need to see yeah. all the jokes sprinkled in because they every joke that they cut out made the movie better. This movie, um, as I'm going to go back into my anti apatow round again, Chris. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Just like an apatow where they leave every joke in, um, they knew in this movie if you actually cut some jokes out and kill your darlings a little bit and make a tighter movie, it could actually be better. So, so let me ask you a quick question. I know you guys have covered this before, but why, why did Kevin Smith? Why was the why was the re release released? You, the, you know what I mean. Why was the recut version released? Was that? Kevin I mean, they Smith? just threw it on. He just threw it on one of the extra versions of just like, hey, look, this is an extra thing because you know it, Kevin loves his DVD sets. It was the original version that they took out to um, independent viewing, so right, Jeff? Because I remember them saying that the audiences didn't like it, and that's why it, it got shown a couple times, and everybody's like. um... We don't like this. And I think it was, oh, God, what's the guy's name that I'm not going to remember his name now because I got John Pearson's thing. It's the other guy. Uh, can I remember the name? The guy that was helping him produce it. And he's just like, why is it called Mall Rats? And it takes him 35 minutes to get to the mall. <laughs> so he's like, you need to cut the beginning. So like they cut from like a 16-minute beginning down to like two and a half. 
they basically they threw some voiceover on. He goes to Brandy's house, get in you know that you get the whole story in like two minutes of what yeah. takes like fifteen minutes in the original. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna have a chance to watch that before I, uh, before our next minutes, but I'll maybe watch it in the future. I'm telling you right now, you're not missing anything. Have you, I mean, you've watched extended cuts of things before. You watch like extended cuts of Lord of the Rings or stuff that's hit the cutting room floor, and sometimes you're like, oh, you know, I would have liked to have seen this in there. There was almost nothing that they played where I'm like, oh, I wish they would have kept this. <laughs> oh, that's that's that, that's that's kind of too bad. Yeah, I, I always like it when they don't do this too much anymore. I like when they when they weave the deleted scenes into the movie or give you the option of weaving them in there. Yeah, well, they did it for this one. Yeah. Like, if you watch, you can watch this with all the stuff in. But uh, most of the jokes they put later in the movie to tag the original opening don't land very well. Right. And that also, stuff was all overdubbed, right? Yeah, well, yeah. When, a lot of it taken out. Yeah. When you go to watch the theatrical cut, you can then see where they overdubbed people. Huh. Like, when uh, the first time you meet Jane Silent Bob, when he's like, if it isn't the mad fat chick killer. Yeah, that's not what he says. If you watch his mouth, it does not match those words at all. <laughs> Right. He says something about him, you know, killing the governor or something like that because that's what really happened. Killing the governor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, they or almost, <laughs> not not kill uh attempting to kill the governor. Yeah, they almost assassinate the governor of New yeah. Jersey. Yeah, there's a lot of gunplay in the opening for oh, no yeah. apparent reason. <laughs> All right. Also everybody we had in the beginning was angry with us by the end of the minutes. So. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't get the beginning. Everyone, we, yeah. everyone was mad at us. They were yeah, mad. I have, I, I don't have much ground to stand on in terms of being mad at you guys for my minutes. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I got, I got, I, I, I got nothing to stand <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> well, we'll try to get to the meat of the minutes. So we'll, we've, uh, we got past the fracas, and now we'll move on to the bookstore. Remember, kids, when there was bookstores at the mall? Uh good times. <laughs> I believe this is a Walden Books, though um, I did my research, and currently there's a Barnes & Noble at the Eden Center Prairie Mall. But this looks like a Walden Books to me. It looks more like Walden Books and maybe a B. Dalton. Or a B. Dalton. That was that was sort of yeah. the same thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think at one point, I believe they became the same thing. I think they uh, may have merged. And they probably all became Barnes & Noble at some point. Or yeah, but I do see, Noble. yeah, behind Jay, before we get into the book that he's reading, I do see about a half dozen magazines, all of which I would be reading. Like, basically, all that crap on the top I wouldn't read. That's for, like, smart people, scientific American. No thanks. But, like, down on the second shelf, you got your science fiction age. You got your Fangoria. I think there's a couple. There's Star Trek magazine in there. Is that a Cinefax magazine in there, maybe? Probably dig a WWE magazine out of there. I'm sure there is. It's probably a Mad magazine, which I probably would have stolen. Yeah, Yeah. WWF back then. Well, you read the March 1995 issue of Penthouse, right? (laughs) Because that was a classic. Well, let's see. When that came out, I would have been 16, so there is a distinct possibility that I did. <laughs> uh, well, that no, is, na- that is Natalie be. Smith on the cover, and that is the issue where they announced they had a website. Oh, that's how. Wow. That's that's where this movie's from, kids. Yeah. First website for Penthouse. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this one's for Steve. That's back when the internet was called magazines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I actually really love movies from this sort of time period. Um when when the, I, I think of it as a time period when people had be, when people had beepers, but they didn't have cell phones. Yeah, um, yeah, you get that in the next movie too, where somebody gets beeped and they got to go find a phone to call the nine one one in chasing Amy. Yeah, yeah he, okay. he has to call her. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. You can make all these movies, but the problem is you always have to account for cell phones now. Yeah, yeah. Something about because like I was the you know I was like so I was a little I'm a little older than you. I was like say twenty. Three or twenty-four when the movie came out, and because I sort of lived through that transition from like we didn't have any shit like that to we had beepers to eventually had cell phones. Just that that little moment in time when the internet wasn't really a thing, but beepers kind of were, and there was jog shuttle on VCR. Like that moment in technology seems like a real sweet spot for me in movies. Um, Reality bites really sort of hits me on the nose too for that for the same reason. 
It's just like I, I heard somebody explain it one time of like if you watch an old movie from like the sixties, maybe in the seventies, you'll see somebody will get a phone call at like a restaurant and they'll like oh, yeah. bring them back or they'll bring the phone out to them. And it's like <laughs> that guy must be important. He must be a senator. Just getting a phone call. Now somebody gets on a phone at a restaurant and you're like, Oh God, will this asshole get off their phone? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what do you have to talk about that's so important you can't get off that phone? Yeah, but if no. you look around the table, everybody's on their phone. They're not talking on it, but they're all playing on their phones waiting for the waiter to come over. Yeah. Well, that's good. Have you ever had the uh, the family-enforced no-phone policy? That's good. Uh, no, I can't say I have because I think uh, we'd kill each other. We've had it at, uh, at sometimes at some events. It's just like no phones are allowed to come out, and you're just like, i got to go use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> i got to check my Facebook. You realize I got a fantasy football game going on here. <laughs> I, I've been to a restaurant where phone use is frowned upon, or of, of having it out at all is frowned upon. The uh, the Harvard Club in New York is like, you know, they, they don't like that so much. I've been in movie theaters where people are trying to sneak under their jackets to check their phone. Oh yeah, I've been to a lot of them. I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. Like you can't get through a two hour movie. Right. God bless the Alamo. I will say, uh, it has not been even six months since I threw something at somebody in a movie theater. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that was with my family with me so I was nice. keeping it under control I had to wait for them to look away and somebody got a pretzel bite thrown at them because they were on their phone and the movie was like on for like five minutes Good well, what you. if I sell something on eBay I shouldn't get something thrown at me if I sell something on eBay I gotta check my eBay listen if I did not have if I was still like in my 20s and didn't have a wife and kid I might pummel you in the thing <laughs> it may have been a quarter or not even if I end up getting the shit kicked out of me it would be worth it <laughs> <laughs> I don't care I got my teeth knocked out I made my point <laughs> That guy will never go on the phone again in a movie theater. <laughs> there is no place where it is more important to be right than at the movie theater. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a place where you can be righteously indignant and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got our first Alamo only a couple years ago. Um, but, man, I've become a convert. I love the Alamo. I don't even know what that is. So the Alamo Draft House, amongst other things, is a um, is it? It's like sort of the movie theater where they'll bring you beer and food to your table, oh, but they nice. really take going to the movies seriously. So before each movie, they have a humorous skit about you know like on uh, you know like on the on the screen about what happens when you know why you shouldn't talk on your phone during the movie theater. Then they have a real like the, like the the um, the audio goes down, and they're like seriously, we mean it. Don't talk on the don't talk don't text. If you see somebody call, do, talking or texting, let a manager let an, let an employee know. We'll take care of it. We'll throw their asses out of here with no refund. I mean, wow, yeah, um, it's great. Uh, we it got it. We got it. It's actually just, enforced. That's the important part. Yeah, it, 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 you know. So it's interesting. So uh, we went to see of all things um, Spider Man. No, we went to see um, shit. Um, um, what did we go to see recently? I forget what movie it was. Um, it'll, it'll come back later. Went to see a movie, and it had been out for a couple of weeks, and there were people who were sitting next to us who were on the were talking, and I was like, hey, you know, if you don't mind, I decided to say something. And my wife got a little mad at me for saying something. But so, the next, so then I put the card up on the table to let the Alamo people know. And the Alamo people not only talked to them, but then put a security guard over, near, over them. <laughs> Um, wow! So apparently, this movie had been had been a problem. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what movie it was, though. I know there was a racial tent to it, which makes me a little uncomfortable. But you know, the the fact of the matter is, the Alamo. Like, if you want a, a good movie experience, the Alamo, the Alamo in Brooklyn has your back, and that's not easy because there's a lot of assholes in Brooklyn. Oh, I find that hard to believe. Moving well, on, <laughs> you, 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 may, you may not be able to see them as the self righteous assholes, but there's all sorts. I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, so. Uh, Chris, do you have this book, the uh, Spike Mike's Lackers and Dykes? 
I don't, but I did look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Written by John Pearson, a yeah. nonfiction book about independent cinema. Yes. <laughs> did you see the uh, the? Ta- I love the um the little blurb on the back. Thrilling, chilling, moist. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, one of my- the words now that people don't like it for to use anymore, isn't it? I moist. just heard that. Oh God, what podcast was this new? Mogwai Minute, maybe or Rocky? One of them. Really? Somebody was on there complaining about the word moist. Yeah. So I hope well, they're a listener. Uh, moist, moist, I'm, moist. Get over it. A couple of my wife's friends, they don't like the word moist for some reason. But they don't listen anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's okay. Like, once somebody brings up something <laughs> like that, they don't like a word, you can guarantee that word's coming up every oh, time yeah, you run definitely. into me. I don't know why so, anybody wouldn't like the word moist. It's a great word. I know. You um, have a nice moist towelette. <laughs> do you guys know this is not the real book? The real book hadn't come out yet? Really? I knew well, it wasn't the know. real jacket. I didn't know it wasn't the real book. Uh, it was a mock-up of some sort. I mean, I'm not going to speak to um, the entire nature of the product. For all I know, all the words are in there. That <laughs> um, seems very elaborate, though, to make a fake prop and then put the real, then, and also make a fake book to put inside the, a real book to put inside the jacket. Uh, that's a real Kevin thing to do because I'm sure he. I mean, he loved John Pearson, so he's like, I'm going to get him in there somehow. If you don't mind, I'd like to tell you a little bit about um, the uh, March 1996 or 95 issue of Penthouse. Oh, of course. I believe was it the pet of the year that year? That one? Uh, that is the pet of the year runner-up. Apparently, it was uh, Katie, Katie, uh, Natalie Smith. Natalie Smith is her name, I believe. Um, let me make sure. I don't want to get this wrong because she doesn't have a lot else going on for it. Seems <laughs> Natalie Smith, um, who most famously played a Playboy model, Big Stretch, in Beverly Hills Cop Two. Um, oh, I know exactly what scene too. Do, do, I couldn't remember <laughs> that. Good for you. Uh, there, there's a scene in Beverly Hills Cop Two where they go to the mansion. And they're all out there playing volleyball and stuff. And Eddie Murphy's walking up there and he looks down at his dick and he's like, remember this? This is the moment we always talked about. <laughs> <laughs> and they go up and talk to the bad guy and Hef's in it. I do remember that scene. For, so- for some reason, that moment is burned into my mind. It, it seems confused with every other time any movie's been to anything like the Playboy Mansion for me. But um, um, So here's some of the things they had on the cover that time. It was, like I mentioned, it was the Cybersex Blast Off, How to Find a New Home on the Internet. Um, Robert Redford is full of shit. <laughs> Unholy matrimony: Why Bible beaters become wife beaters, well, that's and nice. um, lap dancing more bounce for the buck. I don't know who the hell was reading Penthouse this year, but man, that's some <laughs> crazy, some weird ass articles yeah. in there. Some deep stuff in there. <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of work for what amounted to two or three spreads to jerk off to. Thank God they invented the internet. Yeah, I mean, it, part of me is like, you want to go back and find that magazine and be like, I got it. I mean, we always everyone was last, but I read the articles. You'd love to read those articles down and be like, what kind of shit <laughs> yeah, was in what? here? Uh, that stuff, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, some of that stuff must be, be, be bizarre. Oh, there's also a free erotic video with this issue. If you saw page 148. Can you imagine some magazine with 150 pages? Oh, my God. I, it's funny because uh, where we work, like, we're obviously, we're around a bunch of magazines. I've watched over the course, like, the last, like, say, 10 years. Do you remember how big Maxim Magazine used to be? Oh, yeah. I mean, not only big, like, in popularity, but, like, the sucker was thick. It probably was 150 pages. And I've just watched it over the course of time get thinner and thinner and thinner. It's like a pamphlet now. (laughs) (laughs) I used to work. Go ahead. A TV guide has gotten so small, it's, like, five pages long now. Yeah, it's also magazine size now. It's not like a little thing like it used to be. I have it hard to. I find it hard to believe any of these magazines are still made. But I used to work at Ziff Davis when they made Computer Shopper, and Computer Shopper was like a monthly ma- a monthly catalog with the John Devorak column. I mean, it was huge. It was hundreds of pages. Uh, I think, without looking it up and with no information to back me up, I believe the two. I feel like the two ones with the most circulation are AARP, and I think Game Informer's up there. Yeah, you know what? Though AARP, they just seven people. 
Yeah, game. I bet you Game Informer's like top five. Yeah, I bet you it is too. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't, I would they go to, so. wouldn't they go to the website? Well, I think a lot of people get it for free from GameStop. That's yeah, if you why go to GameStop, you get it for oh, free. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that counts. I mean, let's talk paid circulation, gentlemen. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. We're gonna we're gonna so we're gonna solve, solve this problem. Update at January 2019. Top 10 U.S. magazines by circulation. Has anybody got any more guesses before uh, we go here? I'm going with Reader's Digest, People, and Entertainment Weekly. All right. The only other one I, I won't say, because I would have said one more, but I wouldn't have got any of these other ones. Number one, or do you want me to go 10 to oh, 1 National or 1 Enquirer. to 10? You want to go up or down? Go from 10. All right, going from number 10. Number 10, Reader's Digest. Woo. Number nine would have been my other guest, National Geographic. Okay. Uh, that's funny, because there's like a smart person magazine on there. The first two are. Actually, Reader's Digest is too. Uh, yeah, eight, they've been delivered to the same doctor's offices for yeah. 50 years. They yeah. just keep the same, flipping the office. And they I think when you turn going. like 70, you automatically get some of these, besides <laughs> the ARP ones. Uh, number eight, People Magazine. Yep. Number seven, which I could not have even guessed under Torture, Family Circle. Well, I feel like that must be one of those ones I just throw away. I don't know what that is. Number six yeah, is Good Housekeeping. Even... Oh. Um, number five, Game Informer. Wow. Number four, Better Homes and Gardens, which I thought was the same damn thing as Good Housekeeping, but whatever. Really? Uh, number three, Woman's Day. Uh, number two, AARP Magazine. And number one, AARP Bulletin. I feel like that's some wow. bullshit right there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the people that are voting for Trump. Yes. <laughs> Playboy's not even in there. Did you think Playboy was going to be on there? You out of your mind? I mean, I don't know. I thought people Playboy has no circulation anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, even think did. Playboy has a has a magazine anymore. I think they they stopped a while back. Really? No, they, I, f- they, I feel well, like they fancy being nude, and then they Playboy. went back to being nude. Right? They they definitely did that. They definitely Wait, went, what? <laughs> they they stopped. Yeah, Playboy had uh, a couple. Was it a year, Jeff? I think they were about a year. Yeah, where they had where? There was no nudity in it. No nudity, just like a Maxim magazine. Yeah, and then they went back. So yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, the highest Playboy circulation I could find would have been 1975 at about 5.6 million. Current circulation. Well, as of 2015, 800,000. Wow, not even a million. Uh, if you know, if you look up comic book circulation, there's a great, it's a great podcast that I've been that I've been listening to for a couple years now, or not even a couple years. It's called Business Wars, and they did Marvel vs. DC. And one of the things they talk about is comic book circulation, and the numbers there, you know, plummeted from the 1950s, 1960s to today. I mean, like, you know, where, where today, like a book might sell if it's lucky, it sells 50,000. You know, years ago, it sold. You know, like a million copies or whatever. I mean, it's you know, crazy. what sucks about that is the people were hiding it back then, and now now it's popular, and now they can't even sell them. Well, now they just they just keep making them so that they have a you know a minor league for their movies. Right, right. I feel I felt really bad. We had Jordan White on X Minutes, and um, and um, I told him that I was a really big fan of the app, and I promoted the app, but I, I barely bought anything. Um, <laughs> but I've now started buying Fantastic Four because I really wanted to read the new run. All right, so we're going to do our best. I, we're going to get out of this first eight seconds. I, I feel like we can do it. <laughs> We've been stuck here for 20 There's minutes. There's nothing in the rest of the minute. Yeah, so, um, yeah. <laughs> T.S. shows up, and Jay and Silent Bob do their I'm going to pretend to punch you in the face thing. <laughs> Hold on. Before you go past this, um, <laughs> oh my Jay, God. Says, Jay says this looks like your mom, and Bob looks like, like yeah, maybe it does. That's well, maybe it looks Bob, like his though. mom. Maybe he's got a real that's cute mom. Yeah, I was a little weirded out by that, but go ahead. I'm sorry. That, that's, in, that's very much in character, if you ask me. <laughs> You're true. That's true. And there's a lot of times through the course of these movies where Jay says something to Silent Bob and he's like just tacitly agrees with it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I got gotcha. you. Is this the only one of the movies where – in how many of the movies does Bob actually get to say something like astounding? He says something in every movie. Yeah. Does he say anything in this movie other than 
He says, adventure, excitement, and Jedi craves not these. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Chasing Amy has the long speech. Dogma, he, he talks a few times in Dogma. He does the Critters of Hollywood thing. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong movie. I'm in Jane Silent Bob. In Dogma, he does... Uh, what the hell is he doing Dogma? No ticket. I think ch- the Chasing Amy thing may stand out for me, but only because that's that's probably the movie of, of the View Askew verse, however you say it, that I've seen by far the most. Well, hey, just so you know, I yeah. sidetracked us, and now we're only eight seconds in. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have has- no more notes on the first eight seconds of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought we were going to get bogged down in the Stan Lee part of this. Oh. Spoiler alert, Stan Lee will show up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> He may get pushed to the next episode. <laughs> Join us for part two of Minute 88. <laughs> well, in fairness, I haven't podcasted in like three or four months, so this is a big deal to me. <laughs> I, sorry. <laughs> All right. So has anybody got any last things about the bookstore, about Jane, Silent Bob, and their uh, tasking? It's the last place you look for this tubby bitch. That's all I know. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> and then I guess uh, Brody, to uh, center himself, is off looking at the lingerie. Um, looking at the mannequin in lingerie, which is weird. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> I, um, Brody, one, one of the things that, that I, I took away from rewatching this movie today, um, Brody, um, Brody reminds me of Ducky a bit now. Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Is it Pretty in Pink? Yeah. I don't think he's quite as pathetic as Ducky. No, but he's not a good person. He's not as bad a person as Ducky. Yeah. But he's not, he's, he's sort of an older version of Ducky. You yeah, know? but he, I mean, we said earlier in the beginning minutes when he's with, uh, I was going to say Brenda for Christ's sake. <laughs> Renee. Um, he's a real shit heel to her. I mean, everything she writes in that note is true. Yep. Um, yeah. It very much bothered me at some point, probably around the last time I saw this movie. I went, I saw Pretty in Pink for the first time in a whole bunch of years. And I really realized that Ducky was just a complete, complete prick. And, and it bothered me because Ducky was the character I identified with in that movie. And that movie <laughs> came out when I was like 16 years old. And, and you're like, I'm a complete prick. <laughs> and, I, 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 prick. <laughs> and I am. But back then, I thought I was okay. <laughs> now I know better. But watching this, I sort of feel like, ah, you know, Brody sort of got the same same got the same reaction, and I think I, think, I guess that's a thing that happens with with you know sort of coming of age movies. But yeah, a lot of that happens I, with coming of age ma- movies in particular. I mean, there's been a lot of movies where as you're younger you side with somebody, and then as you get older you find yourself siding with older characters who may be the villains of the piece. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I think this guy's got a good. Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's right here. These kids are out of control. He needs to calm them down. What's the name of the Jimmy Stewart character in It's, in it's a Wonderful Life? Oh, for God's sake. Oh, oh, I don't Jimmy know Stewart. what his name Jimmy, is. It's Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> the, the internet is full of stories where people realize that guy, guy That guy is a total asshole and deserves to go to hell. That's a, <laughs> shouldn't talk about uh, General Jimmy Stewart that way. I, I love Jimmy Stewart. Don't get me wrong. I, I am talking about the character. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that, Chris? Did you know he was a general? I did not. He was. He was a general in the Air Force. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. See? The more you know. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Now, Chris, if you don't drop in the more you know thing right there, I'm going to be disappointed in you. <laughs> the more you know. I got right, to think, do, do, do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you one thing I find hard to believe right here. When he's uh, he's looking at the lingerie and, you know, Sir Stanley walks up to him, there is no way, I don't care how much of your attention is divided, that he does not instantly recognize him. <laughs> hey, spider I, friend. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't hear that I mean, voice and know Talk about is. somebody who has a very distinct voice and speaking cadence. He would, yes. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger walked up next to you. Like, hello, how are you doing? You're like, I don't know who that is. I don't recognize <laughs> hey, that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You got to realize that you didn't see that much of that stuff back then. Like, I, like, you might not have seen Spider-Man the cartoon in 15 years back then. 
But this I, guy I, claims to be a huge Spider-Man fan. Like, he knows who Stan Lee is. I was already pissed off earlier when he's like, he didn't know Stan Lee was going to be at his mall. Like, right. And yeah, that's frame. problematic. They were dropping plenty of hints, too, and he couldn't figure it out. But, I mean, uh, Stan Lee's image was in the comics. Like, there was yeah, yes. soapbox, all that stuff. Like, yeah. You would I, know who he was. I, I, I'm going to give him a little credit. I'm not sure exactly when he looks at him, but I'm going to give him the slight benefit of the doubt here. Just the slightest benefit of that. Just play devil's advocate. Uh, he talks to him for 30 seconds before. Yeah, him. it's a long time. Okay. I mean, he's been, at, at 36 seconds, he's making eye contact with him, and he's still not knowing who he it is. He doesn't realize it's him until he mentions Spider-Man. Yeah. The fact that he knows Stan Lee is in the mall is the, is the thing that really should have his brain sort of yeah. jump there sooner, if nothing else. Um, Stan has the, the full Hefner going on here, by the way. Oh, yeah. He's got like, the open throat, yeah. open-throated shirt. Big glasses. He could have any woman in that mall. Um, I won't go into the whole story because I'm not going to steal the story that Kevin Smith tells far more eloquently after uh, Stan passed away. But when he tells the story about Stan was willing to do this movie, except for he didn't want to tell the story he's going to tell because it would piss his wife off. He's like, I can't make my I can't tell this story about all this bad stuff I did. My wife's going to get angry. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, just to let you know, even when you're Stan Lee, you still got to go home at some point. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the um, the Kevin Smith, like the recent Kevin Smith thing that I think you're referring to, uh, but I read a couple articles about it, and apparently his wife was pissed off. Nice. <laughs> or his wife was like, was like, what girlfriend is this? Well, yeah. because he's playing himself, so it sounds like he's telling a true story. Yeah, so. well, because we, we'll get to it later when he talks about the love of his life, yeah. and he said, he tells, he told Kevin, he's like, Kevin, I can't tell the story, you know, I'm, I didn't not meet the love of my life, I married the love of my life. Yeah, nothing. Nothing he says in any of these minutes is true. Yeah, or any of the other minutes he's in, for that matter. Yeah. Um, other than perhaps his appreciation for a good relationship. I also enjoy that he used to tease Kevin about being in this movie because, like, you know, he was. If you look at his career box office numbers, I mean, he, if you count every one of his cameos, he's like eighth on the all-time box office thing, just from wow. tagging in all those. He's in all those Marvel movies, all the X-Men movies. Yeah. He's making bank, and then he's like, "Yeah, Kevin, if you look at them all, it's like." 300 million, 500 million mall rats. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you guys. Um, with your with your guests so far, how has this movie sort of been? I don't I don't want you to, to get into the whole ranking thing, but where do they rank this movie in their Kevin Smith sort of ranking generally? Is it high? Is it low? What do you think, Chris? It's been like more like middle of the road almost. Middle of the road. We've had people who hate the movie. Yeah. Well, people who didn't like the movie back in the day. It sort of it sort of had a a, a VHS or comeback. Or I thought a couple people a couple people say era. that it. I don't know that it didn't age well, or that it's not. I don't. I don't know how to explain what they said. It's just like, oh yeah, I liked it when I was younger, but I don't like it now. Right. Like I went back and rewatched it. I didn't like it. And I've rewatched it even before this podcast. I never felt that way. No, I feel it's pretty good. I mean, it, yeah, it's in a mall, and it's hard to relate now because there's no really, you know, nobody goes there's no to malls. malls What's yet, a mall? <laughs> When was the um, last time you were at the mall, Jeff? Um, about two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> you said that on the last episode. I think that's why. I yeah. asked. <laughs> we we did an event in in a new mall in Brooklyn, the City Point, um, the City Point um, thing. This 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 sort of complex they built with apartments and some stores in it. And I was really excited. We we're going to do the event there, and I was standing there talking to a friend of mine as we were sort of like making the deal. And I walked away, and I'm like, it's really strange that I'm this excited about doing something in a mall. <laughs> But um, I grew up on Long Island going to the Sunrise Mall, and I love me a good mall. I was at the mall around Christmas time. My daughter's uh, school band played Christmas music in the middle of the mall. So hmm. oh, You were that annoying asshole. Yeah, yeah. I was the one that making everybody say, oh, man, these kids are playing in the mall. Shut up. Nobody cares about your kids. 
Uh, it was I you. I, I think it sounds voice, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the mall. I was, I was I the one taunting and throwing stuff at your kids. <laughs> you suck. Uh, all right, so we have. Uh, how, how come all your stories involve you throwing things at people? <laughs> I know. You <laughs> I do at least the third with story with that you've told tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same way I met my wife. Like, hey, how you doing? I like you. Throwing stuff at her. <laughs> Uh, the stuff that worked in second grade works like a charm in your 30s and 40s. <laughs> 22. <laughs> 22. That, then two. <laughs> all right. So we have Stanley all week. So does anybody have anything specific about what he says this week? This is kind of the preamble into what he's going to talk about. Well, just to uh, segue into what you were just saying, the Green Goblin sh- shows up and Pumpkin Bombs a hell out of the place. He's throwing <laughs> yeah. stuff, too. So. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. That's when this dumbass finally realizes who he's talking to. Like yeah. Stanley's like, Christ, what do I have to say to this guy to get him to realize who it I is- am? Till the last second of this minute for him to go, oh, my God. Well, at like 53 seconds, he's finally open-mouthed staring at him. Yeah, so he realizes. Him, yeah. And then he, oh, my God, him at the end. <laughs> Have you guys ever had a moment like that where you've met somebody that you that you should – that maybe you should know who they are and you don't? I mean, just people I've met before. <laughs> I'm just right, right. Are. Old don't remember. When you're sober. <laughs> yeah. Old friends, but when I do that, I still don't remember them. i got to pretend like, oh, yeah, I know you, but I don't know who they are. I, I once met a gentleman named Alan Steinfeld. He's one of the people that founded um, New York Roadrunners and New York City Marathon. This is when I was starting my company, NYC Runs. And I didn't even know Alan was still alive. And... <laughs> Like he, he, well, the way his career arc went, he just sort of like disappeared from the scene, at least from the New York scene. Um, and I'm at like my first like major industry event, and the day before, we put it on an event called the Central Park Marathon, which was very similar to the original New York City Marathon. And I'm talking to this guy, and he's like, you know, I put on an event like that once, and I said to him, "Holy shit, you're Alan Steinfeld." <laughs> um, the poor guy had to endure a half an hour cab ride with me a few day, a few days later, and other than that, though, it was fine. But um, it's it's Brody's reaction is great here. It, it's it's spot on. <laughs> the only difference between that story then and the one you'd probably tell now would be like the, the follow question would be like, "Holy shit! Oh, by the way, you want to come on my podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I was I was I was so I was a little bit um. Yeah, he's like, he's kind of a big deal, you know. Yeah. And it was it was very new to me, and it's not like he's a big deal. Like anybody in my industry is approachable, you know. There's no one in my industry is inapproachable. But at the time, and at the time, and like having only had like three hours sleep in the last week, it felt big. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, one more note on this um, on this bend, if that's okay. Go ahead. Um, so, to the best of my um, to my knowledge. Peter and Gwen never went lingerie shopping in the early 70s before um, Gwen was catapulted off the Brooklyn Bridge by you or the Green Babylon. I'm not sure who did it. Um, <laughs> I, I can imagine the comics code going super, super nuts. Um, but how cool was it in Enter the Spider-Verse when they threw the comics code authority symbol on the screen and every, every, like, everybody under the age of 25 or 30 or whatever it was was like, what the fuck is that? Oh yeah, that's a, a defunct thing. They, they probably see that on the old comic books, and they're like, "What is this? <laughs> the hell? Yeah. There was an authority." Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because like the last twenty years that it was around, it was like nothing. It was just like we just put this on here because I guess we have to. I don't know. Nobody's enforcing anything anymore. It was probably keeping somebody's pension fund going. I have no doubt. <laughs> All right, I do not have anything else unless somebody else wants to talk about lingerie or Stanley or Stanley in lingerie. I don't know. We're only like 30 minutes in. Let me bring up a couple more things. Well, don't worry. We said, <laughs> no, you ahead. still got two, well, at least two more minutes with Stanley, and he shows up later. <laughs> so, Yeah. Listen, you already killed the man. Why don't we move on? Uh-oh, we'll talk about that in the next minute, too. We'll talk about it next minute. <laughs> 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 All right. Steve, why don't you tell us where they can find you? 
Uh, where you can find me. These days, you can just find me in Brooklyn. Um, I hang out at Double Windsor pretty regularly and occasionally at NYC Runs events. But if you're enjoying my podcasting, I highly recommend my former ventures, The Princess Bride Minute with Jonathan Carlyle. Uh, and you can find all about that on theprincessbrideminute.com and face social media and all that good stuff. And I also did a podcast called X Minutes where we examine the first X-Men movie with uh, Jerry O'Brien. And you can find out about, about that at... Um, xminutespodcast.com and also on Facebook and we may go back and do other X-Men movies one day we may not I don't I don't know alright Chris do your stuff yeah. I was going to know but you even tell me <laughs> and if you're looking for us we're on duelinggenre.com we are the Jay and Silent Bob Minute we did Clerks one minute at a time now we're working our way through Mallrats if you'd like the sound of our voice you can go back and Google Burbs Minute where we did the Tom Hanks movie one minute at a time you got anything else Jeff? Nope, but I will not end by screaming like an idiot like usual. I will end with a Stan Lee quote. We all wish we had superpowers. We all wish we could do more than we can do. Excelsior. 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 Excelsior.